I've got a great idea for an app. Uh, let's hear it. it. It allows me to check in for my flight while I order takeaway pizza and monitor the result of my favorite football game, Newport County. They're playing against Torquay this weekend. Just for that one specific team? Yeah, well, why would anyone be interested in anyone other than Newport County? Hmm. <laughs> oh, you mean Manchester United, Real Madrid, all that sort of thing. Who cares about that? I think investors just would would simply go for, for that. I think you need to have a little bit of, uh, like, do you have a business plan or something? Or some, something. What's that? Uh, like, show me where the money is going to come from. Do mm. I need some help with preparing this to make it something that people would invest in? Yes, I think I think you do. I think you need technical assistance technical assistance first of all what's that second let's do a podcast episode on it whatever it is so i can find out and i can get my app done exactly let's do it even if you don't use my app you should use an app on your phone to subscribe to our podcast a dictionary of finance from the european investment bank you will get episodes like this and maybe even better every week So this week on a dictionary of finance from the European Investment Bank, technical assistance. And that doesn't mean that we have someone coming in here to make sure that we've got the right levels on the microphones. It's not that kind of technical assistance. It's something a lot more interesting than that. And we have two experts on technical assistance here with us today. We have Mark Mawinney, who is head of division at the European Investment Advisory Hub, which is uh, part of the European Investment Bank. It's part of the European Investment Bank. Uh, well, it's housed within the European Investment Bank, but its um, its main purpose is to be part of the investment plan for Europe. And so that, that has been going, I gather, pretty well. Uh, the numbers are going are going up. In some cases, numbers go down, and those things are good. Yes, they are. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, one of the things that we do within the European Investment Advisory I was thinking more of golf handicaps, actually, (laughs) in your case, because I gather you're quite a golfer. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I mean, in terms of golf, yes, it's the the thing that keeps me relaxed at the end of a day because it's a very, very busy process around the the work involved with the investment plan. So what's your handicap? My handicap's 22 now. So what is a handicap? How does it work? Uh, A golf handicap is... uh, It's... A, a form of assistance for the players, oh. in essence. I mean, essentially, a good player will have a zero handicap, and you'll see that in the competitions because they don't need any assistance. They can play around without uh, dropping uh, strokes, and therefore, sometimes in the championships, you see them minus three, minus four as a score. But for people like myself, who are on the on the learning curve, in a in a sense, I need that the help of um, additional strokes per, per hole. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's why I've got a, a handicap of 22. We're not, we're not done with that analogy. We're going to come back to the golf <laughs> handicap to illustrate technical assistance very soon. Everything is relevant on this show, isn't it? We're also joined by Reinhard Six, who is Senior Engineer in the Energy Efficiency Division at the European Investment Bank and uh, is the coordinator of ELENA, which is a, a technical assistance uh, program that we will be talking about today, and we're we're standing here with um, 
a very nice table actually here. Reinhard, in your previous professional incarnation, is this the kind of thing that you might have made? Yes, indeed. I was uh, my first uh, profession, I, uh, which I carried out, was uh, as a carpenter. I worked as a carpenter, so also tables like this could have been produced by myself. But I was more involved in uh, equipping pharmacies uh, with the, the necessary. Uh, furniture, etc., and all that. Oh, that that must be tricky sense. with the, you know, because they have to have all those little uh, yeah, cubby holes and, and to yeah. put the boxes in. Yeah. Actually, I used to work for a carpenter as his assistant, so I was technical assistance for him. But let's maybe move on to the actual <laughs> subject of our, our show today, which is technical assistance. And let's say, Reinhardt, what is that in a, in a broad sense? In the broad sense, it's to help. Uh, projects in which the bank or other banks want to invest in to make them uh, bankable, acceptable for the banks, which means to prepare, for example, documents to carry out studies, to to look what kind of financing means, uh, schemes you can have, what is there, and to pr- help them also in, in preparation of, of contracts, uh, signing contracts in the implementation phase, so that the, the, the projects which uh, will be implemented will really deliver on, on the purposes they were the, they were conceived for. And the studies you mentioned uh, that sometimes need to be carried out, these would be studies that sometimes banks or other financiers would request from such a promoter uh, before they make a decision whether to finance or not. In the, in the bank jargon, it's called due diligence, which is necessary to, to have a kind of third-party view also on, on what the promoter wants to do. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? Is, for example, the market demand there? Will he has, I don't know, x thousand cars on, on, the, on the motor highway he's, he wants to, mm-hmm. to, to build? Mm-hmm. So that's why it's, it's, it's helpful if we can help them him to, to prepare, for example, the, a market study or analyzing the market needs for, for, a, kind of, for a motorway or for uh, producing energy from renewable energies or any other things. And now, is there a link between the technical assistance and the financing in the sense that if we provide technical assistance to a project, does it come with the assumption that this assistance is also going to lead to a financing decision by the uh, European Investment Bank? No, I would say that uh, generally technical assistance and uh, to a certain extent financial assistance is uh, developed separately. There has to be, an, in essence, a Chinese wall so that the, the bank has the opportunity to, to look at it as an investor. Technical assistance is about helping beneficiaries or helping promoters, as, as Reinhardt was saying earlier. Um, and, and therefore, the purpose of it is to help the promoter come forward with a more investable pr- uh, proposition. Now, for the bank, uh, uh, in a lending situation... The bank needs to look at things from a lending point of view, from an investor point of view. So there is quite a distinct difference, and and therefore there needs to be uh, some sort of degree of separation between the two. So if someone, as you say, the the technical assistance is to get them to the stage where a bank will say, okay, we'll invest with you, in you, why should anyone have help doing that? Why not say if you can't do that, then you just can't be financed. You don't have an idea that's ready to be financed. You don't get financed. What's the idea behind technical assistance on that level? It's almost like a social thing, it seems. It's, it's partly social and it's partly good business 
practice from a, a bank point of view uh, because at the end of the day, the, what the bank needs are sound business propositions coming through the system. And um, if the bank can help through the development of Elena or the advisory hub or, or uh, Jaspers um, or any of these technical assistance type programs, if the bank can help through those, then it helps itself because good, sensible business propositions start to come through the system and it becomes more efficient from a bank point of view to, to work on those. This, but this is where we go back to the golf handicap, which is that if, if you're not born a zero handicap amazing golfer, you need the assistance of the handicap to get there. Otherwise, in a generation, no one would be playing golf. That's exactly correct. And, and very frequently, the, hand, the handicap, the, the, uh, the help or the training that comes alongside handicaps comes from the professionals. So it's... Mm. Very similar. Uh-huh. I told you we were going back to the golf. <laughs> Very nice. So I don't have to pay anything. I can just provide. A, uh, I can just tell you that I have this idea or I have this project, and I can just ask for assistance, and then you'll do all the work. It depends really on the uh, the, the mandate of the technical assistance program that that has been created. Uh, each of the the technical assistance programs have been set up to identify a gap and to to work on that particular gap. And with each of them comes a different set of rules because they come out of European Commission regulations, etc. Mm -hmm. For example, with the advisory hub, um, what we find is that uh, for the public sector, it's free. Mm -hmm. For the private sector, there is a charge. Um, For Elena, it's it's free Mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that you get a grant, uh, which is quite comfortable, quite interesting, but on the other hand, you have to deliver also. As, as a Elena beneficiary, if you get this grant amount, you have to show after three or four years uh, uh, investments. So it's, it's, a, it's, a quite a, it's a kind of conditional grant. So it, in summary, um, the rules depend on the, on the program itself. Although I have to say that uh, just at this point in time, they're looking at, at what the programs will be post-2020. And in, in the debates that are taking place so far... They're looking at simplifying. They're looking at bringing all the rules down into one set of rules or one set of agreements. They being the European Commission? They being the European Commission, the European Parliament, and the member states. Now, going back to if I'm I'm a promoter, if I I have a project, an idea for for investment, do I first go to a bank and they tell me that they send me, you know, they send me back and they, they tell me that, oh, you know, you haven't done... Uh, you, ha- you don't have a feasibility study. You don't have uh, good contracts to to find an actual contractor for your project. Uh, and then I come to you to ask me, to ask for help. Or do I first go to you and show you? You know, this is what I have. What am I missing? What can you help me with? How how, how should it work? We, we find they they come in both routes. Actually, we we find that. Uh possible promoters come forward uh, directly into the hub through the website um, looking for support or uh, we get it uh, we get references from other parts of the bank from other parts of the commission and from the national promotional banks in mm-hmm. each of the member states and they would tell you that this is a this this project looks good but they're still missing ABC. Okay. That, that's that's very much the case uh, essentially what we find is that with uh, most of the the direct uh, applicants, so the people who come direct, they generally have immature ideas or immature proposals, 
And what we tend to find is that we, we sit down with them and what we do, we end up doing is identifying the problem and helping them become intelligent clients rather than uh, as the first step. Mm-hmm. Then we can start to look at the pro- uh, proposal or the project itself. But but just so that you know, maybe the, the, some of our listeners might think, well, I you know I could do that. What sort of threshold is there? You know, can it just be, uh, you know, I have a great idea for a product, or does we it have see, to be more we developed? We see all that? manner of requests, but if if people want to have uh, proper responses or want to, to get real help then they need to show ownership and they need to show responsibility. So what will tend to happen is if we get the single line, I have a great idea, we'll respond by asking for more information. And if that information is uh, insufficient, then what we have to do is is ask for more or uh, signpost them to other places. Uh, For the LNA facility is more to help them to, to find the right assistance themselves. Because it, it's it's a larger uh, larger investments in general, we require at least a minimum of 30 million euros investment in, in energy efficiency or renewable energies linked to buildings, and um, so they they need to describe what kind of help they need. Is it, for example, carrying energy audits in order to define which buildings they want to invest in? Then what is the the need for uh, tender preparation? Do they want to go for energy performance contracting, which is a nice feature, but would be worth another uh, uh, podcast, I think, and, and <laughs> things like this. Uh, the, 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 they, they, they will get the, the budget for this to, to hire the experts themselves. Uh-huh. So there's the, te- the technical assistance is, is based on the idea that when this project is, uh, is ready to go, when it's bankable, you, whoever you are, will be investing 30 million euros or more. Yes, right, indeed. Uh-huh. I mean, this is, the idea is that the, because here we are talking about the sector of, of energy efficiency and also small-scale renewables. So what is important in general, you need to find uh, uh, support for, for the individual investment decisions. We have, for example, uh, a, a project in France where a, a public a- entity is kind of service provider for helping house owners to make the decision. And we, uh, Elena is financing the staff to help them doing this. In other cases, it's it's for the municipalities where they where they hire energy uh, energy consultants in order to to do energy audits. So, uh, but in other words, if if I have a, a great idea for a, a really cool app, I should go to the hub, not to you. Right. the 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 app uh, the the concrete uh, very down to the earth uh, projects are better served by the advisory hub than by Elena. Uh-huh. Elena, you need already kind of maturity we discussed it a little bit on the projects you you cannot start from scratch i mean i say uh, the municipality comes i have 100 buildings and i want to i want to invest this is this is not sufficiently mature in order to 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 get support from elena they need to work a little bit more prepare this but then for for really the 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 difficult phase for uh, implementation they will get support more, more, more staff, for example, or also technical. We'll, we'll talk about my app afterwards, uh, Mark. Uh, it's, I'm sure it's going to be a unicorn for those listeners who don't know what a unicorn is. They should. They should listen to uh, podcast number three, I believe it was. I think we, so, yes. We but, addressed unicorns, gazelles, and things like that. But I just wanted to ask, you mentioned market gaps. What's a market gap? A market gap? Uh, it depends on who you speak to, I have to say. Uh, for uh, economists, uh, I... It would be the uh, a gap where the private sector isn't 
actively engaging and uh, th there's a clear reason, be it uh, lack of demand or uh, structural problems or something like that. But for me, that's too complicated. Uh, ess essentially, the way I look at it is that um, with some of the stuff or some of the propositions that we uh, that come through to us, there are activities that need to take place, be they uh, capacity building or um, structural reform in each of the countries. And it takes a, and those sorts of activities need to take place before um, a project can become successful or can become investable. And for me, that's part of, of what I see as, as market caps. And that's what was identified in the uh, investment plan for Europe as one of the, the main pillars that needed to be dealt with. Well, one, one other example that I was thinking of just there is that I was doing a, an article for our blog a year and a half ago with the, the deputy mayor of, of Warsaw about the bank financing their, their metro system. And what he said was very interesting. He said when people from the bank, the EIB, first turned up, other bankers would have said, how much money do you want and when are you going to pay it back? And when the, the EIB people arrived, they said, why do you want a metro? Is that the kind of thing that we're talking about here, that, just sort of challenging that's the assumptions? That's exactly uh, um, the purpose. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier about uh, is TA about good business prop, uh, practice for the bank or is it a social good? Well, the social good is, is just what you've explained. The mm -hmm. fact that we can, because of the uh, TA programs that we have within the bank, we can go to the likes of, of uh, Warsaw and say, uh, why do you want this? What is the purpose of this? And we can spend time with them developing that, de developing possibly capacity, if that's what's needed, so that a good proposition comes through the, the, the system. Reinhardt, you don't get away with not giving us definitions either here because you just mentioned an energy audit. Now, we had a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago about auditing and, and uh, balance sheets and so on. But what's an energy audit? Well, it's a, it's a technical audit, basically. I mean, it's, it's looking at, for example, a building. What is the current uh, state of performance from an energy point of view? What, is, uh, what are the technical systems which are in, in place? Uh, what, what is the, the, the quality of, of, the, of the boiler, for example? And these audits uh, carried out by experts will tell you, well, this is what you, the, current, uh, the current balance of your building. And then they will list a number of measures which how you can improve the building. For example, changing the windows, putting on insulation, etc. I wanted to come back a little bit still on this market gap. Uh, for, for the energy efficiency sector, there are, uh, it's a little, uh, this is really something which has been identified uh, quite strongly regarding the, the difficult uptake still of, this, of investments in the energy efficiency sector. And that's why I think the, 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 the technical assistance is something to, to help to overcome this market gap, which can be lack of information, for example. Uh, for example, homeowners, they are not ready to, 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 to carry out works, which seems too complicated for them, where they don't know what is the outcome exactly. So this can be, this can be the case or it can be in, in for for landlords that they need to be convinced also that the, if they invest in the housing they have also besides that the tenant will reduce the energy consumption he will have also have an improve an increase of the value of his assets so also to to motivate people and, and open 
uh, the different possibilities which energy efficiency investments represent for them. You mentioned earlier another uh, term, small-scale renewable energy projects. What are small-scale renewable energy projects? Well, it's a good question what is small. Eh? But uh, <laughs> what, what, uh, for the bank, it's something which is, here in this case, it's linked to buildings. I mean, what, what uh, it means that it's, it's, for example, photovoltaic installations which you can put on the roof. It's mm-hmm. not uh, standalone, uh, several hectare big uh, photovoltaic okay. plants. So this is uh, the idea. So I think technically we've reached the end of our uh, show here. That's the last of my puns for today on technical assistance. Yes. 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 You're welcome. Enough, yes. You're welcome. Uh, Reinhardt and Mark, thank you so much. That was really great. We, uh, so that our listeners know what's coming next, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we will have another technical assistance uh, podcast episode, but that one will actually be uh, a very specific case study on the technical assistance behind the Red Sea, Dead Sea pipeline. And that will be on our next podcast. As also the week after, we will have the story of the euro. Hmm. Hmm. Exciting. Meanwhile, uh, do subscribe so you don't miss out on those episodes. Uh, You can do that on iTunes, on Spotify, on various platforms where you listen to podcasts. And also get in touch with us on Twitter. I'm at Alar Tankler, A-L-L-A-R-T-A-N-K-L-E-R. And I'm at E-I-B Matt, E-I-B-M-A-T-T. Nice and simple. Yes. uh, So tune in in again uh, next week for a Dictionary of Finance by the European Investment Bank.